we're looking in the book of Proverbs, chapter 19 and verse 20. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 20. The wisdom writer writes in Proverbs 19 and 20, he says, get all of the advice and instruction you can, so you will be wise the rest of your life. This morning I'm using for my subject, what life has taught me, what life has taught me. Father, I thank you today for everyone who has had a part in impacting my life, for every teacher, for my parents, for my friends, for, for my mentors. Thank you for the Word of God, Lord, that, that has helped to guide and direct my steps. God, I, I thank you for every uh, circumstance and situation and experience, Lord, that I've had, both good and bad, that, that has helped to mold and make and make me who I am today. God, I just pray today, Lord, as we, we talk to these graduates today, God, I pray, Lord, that we'll be able to instill some wisdom, some knowledge into their life today that will help them as they move forward in life. Be with all of us here this morning, we pray. In the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, today we are honoring our graduates. And what an incredible accomplishment. My hat is off to you today. I am very, very proud of you. Formal education teaches you a lot of necessary things. Everybody needs to go to school. Everybody needs to learn a lot of things that you can learn through books. But your education does not stop when you graduate. Amen. Fact of the matter is, most of what you need to learn can only be learned through living life. This knowledge does not come from within the pages of a textbook, but only through experience. Somebody said that experience is the greatest teacher. So for a few moments today, I, I want to share four lessons that I have learned. This is not all that I have learned, but all that we have time for this morning. So I want to share with you four lessons that I have learned through experience. Four lessons that I've learned through living life. So if you are a graduate, if you are a young person here today, please listen up. I'm going to give you the opportunity to bypass a lot of hurt in your life. I'm going to help you this morning to get beyond and a lot of disappointment in life. I'm going to give you some knowledge and some wisdom today that if applied and adhered to will drastically increase your possibility for true success and personal fulfillment in your life. Solomon said in our text today, get all of the advice and instruction you can, but notice the next phrase, so that, so that what Solomon, so that you will be wise the rest of your life. 
You see, you don't have to wait till you're 59 years old to get some wisdom. If you're 18 or 19 or 21 today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get some wisdom right now where you are. You see, if you can borrow some wisdom from, from somebody that has already walked down the road that you are presently walking on, if you can start out with much of the same wisdom that somebody else has only after living 50, 60, 70 years, can you even imagine if you start out this way, where in the world could you end up 50, 60, 70 years from today? Are you listening? Three of you are. Are you listening? Here are four things that life has taught me. Life has taught me, number one, that people are more important than projects. People are more important than projects. If I could only give one piece of advice to young people on how to guarantee success in their life, it would be this. Right here, if you can only understand this, if you can only get this in your heart and in your mind, if only you can understand that people are more important than projects. May I tell you that people skills are more important than any other skill? It doesn't matter what skill that we may talk about this morning, but people skills is far and above more important than any other skill. If you have people skills, if you know how to treat people right, if you know how to love them, if you know how to honor them, if you know how to respect them, if you will always take time for people. Somebody said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mary Kay Nash said, people wear an invisible sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. There are two kinds of people in this world. The first kind of person is the kind of person that says, here I am. Here I am. All eyes on me. Looky, 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 looky. Here I am. Here I am. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me. It's all about me. Here I am. The other kind of person is the kind of person that says, there you are. There you are. If you want to be if you want to guarantee success in your life, you will not be that kind of person that says, here I am, it's all about me. But if you'll learn to be a people person, if you will learn to say, there you are. Romans 13 and 7 says, give respect and honor to people. 1 Peter 2 and 17 says, honor all people. I teach my staff that we are in the people business. We are not in the praise and worship business. We are not in the preaching business. We are in the people business. Amen? Our ministry is not as much in what we 
perform on stage, but our real ministry takes place when we walk down off the stage. Our real ministry is with the people. And I teach my staff to walk slowly through the crowd and take time for people. Do you know that we actually have people who come to our church not because of our cool building and, wow, it's pretty cool. And they come to our church not because of our incredible singers and musicians. And and I believe that we've got some of the best. And they don't even come to our church because of the fabulous preaching that we get every single Sunday. I love my preaching so much I buy my own CD. But the truth of the matter is we actually have people who come to this church because the pastor stands in the foyer and greets the people. Susie often tells me when she's at the Welcome Center and guests are coming and she says often people will say, I can't believe the pastor is out here shaking hands with the people. I didn't know it, but I guess we live in a day of the all-star preacher. You know, kind of like old Johnny Carson, you know, when Ed McMahon would say, here's Johnny, and the preacher comes racing in and he does his thing and then he races out the back. I didn't know I was supposed to do that. My goal every single Sunday is to physically touch every single person that comes through our doors. It might be before church. Some of you, that would be impossible. It might be after church. It might be the high five during church. And i, I got to be honest, it's getting harder and harder and harder to get this done. But I'm still trying. That's why you see me, you know, I'm wearing more comfortable shoes now because it's like a race on Sunday morning trying to, I didn't touch that one. I didn't touch that one. I haven't seen that one. And here's somebody pulling on me over here. I see somebody over here I didn't touch. i got to go over there and touch them. Amen. Because I want you to know that you're special. I want you to know that I know when you're here and when you're not. I want you to know it matters to me, amen, that you're here. That's why I stand up like a goon and look all over the place because I want to know whether you were here or not. Because you're more than a number to me. You matter to me. Amen? I want people to know that I care about them. I want them to know that I I noticed that they were there, that it mattered. Here's something that I've learned. Write this down. I don't know if it's in your notes or not. A moment of favor is more valuable than a lifetime of labor. A moment of favor is more valuable than a lifetime of labor. Listen up. Favor comes through relationship you're praying for favor let me tell you how favor comes favor comes through relationship let me tell you that favor can open a door that would otherwise never ever open for you 
Watch your education cannot get the door open. Oh, but watch your expertise can't get the door open. Oh, your charisma can't get that door open. But I'm telling you that favor can open a door that nothing else will ever open. Amen. And favor comes through relationship. So here's my advice to you this morning. Walk slowly through the crowd. Take time for people. Treat people with respect. Treat people with dignity. Learn to value people. Make people feel important. Listen when they talk. Look them in the eye. Romans 12, verse 9 through 16 says, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Love with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Do things in such a way that people will see you as honorable. Notice what else it says in Romans verse 16. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And then it says, and don't act like you know it all. talking to you today about what life has taught me. Life has taught me that people are more important than projects. Now, today, we are taught to set goals, and and then then, then we are taught to go after our goals with relentless pursuit. We're taught to not not let anyone or anything get in our way. Run over people if you have to, man. Ignore your family. Stiff your friends. Go, 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 we're told. The problem is, when we climb the ladder that the world calls success, often, often we reach the top only to be absolutely horrified when we find out that it was leaning against the wrong wall. Or we reach the end of the road and we look over and we discover that the ones that we love the most are no longer riding along with us. They bailed out long ago, and we were so busy with our projects, we totally lost our people. Here's what life has taught me. At the end of the day, when all is said and done, the only things that that really matter in life are our relationships with God and man. You see, friend, the day will come when the, when the medals and trophies and country club memberships will not mean a thing to you. Oh, the day will come when the balance in your bank account or 401k will no longer matter. Oh, the day will come when the degrees that you have hanging on your wall or the letters after your name will hold absolutely no significance to you. The day will come sooner or later when we, you will come to understand that people, are more important than projects. George Bush Sr. was once asked by a reporter, what is your greatest achievement in life? Now, George Bush Sr. was a decorated war veteran. He became a senator. He was president 
of the United States of America. But when George Bush Sr. was asked, what is your greatest achievement? He said, my kids still love to come home. He understood that people are more important than projects. Let me move on this morning. Notice something else that life has taught me. Life has taught me, number two, that principles are more important than profit. Principles are more important than profit. Now, the world says that the end justifies the means. That the numbers are the bottom line. So kick, scratch, claw, lie, cheat, steal. Run over anybody who gets in your way as you climb the ladder that the world calls success. Which is measured by how much you produce. But the problem is they keep putting another extension on the ladder. No matter how high you climb, no matter how much you achieve, just before you cross over the goal line, they move it. I had a, a minister who served on another staff tell me, they give me the goal, and when I get right to the goal, they move the goal. And when I about get to that goal, they move the goal. And the goal keeps moving. You can't ever reach the goal because the goal keeps moving. The world says that the end justifies the means, but God says how is more important than how much and how many. How is more important than how much or how many. God is more interested in the process than he is in the result. I'll say that again. God is more interested in our uh, God is more interested in the process than he is the results. God is more interested in our principles than he is our profits. Proverbs 16 and 11 says, The Lord demands accurate scales and balances. He sets the standard for fairness. And then Proverbs 28 and 6 says, Better to be poor and honest than to be rich and dishonest. And Proverbs 28 and 8 says, income from charging high exorbitant interest rates will end up in the pockets of somebody who is kind to the poor. I'll never forget several years ago now, one of my family members, and I've got many family members, so you don't know who I'm talking about. I say this to protect the guilty. A few years ago, one of my family members got in a financial situation, and they called me for help. And this family member said to me, if you'll loan me the money, I'll pay you 20% interest. I thought immediately, I know why you're in trouble now. <laughs> you're willing to pay somebody 20% interest. I said to my family member, I said, I would not charge my worst enemy 20% interest. I'm certainly not going to charge my family 20% interest. 
I said, you will pay no interest. <laughs> Ended up paying no principal either. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. I told my wife, I said I'd rather be on the lending end than the borrowing end. What has life taught me? It has taught me that principles are more important than profit. I've learned that it always pays to tell the truth. Listen to me, graduates. It always pays to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It always pays to do the right thing. It always pays to treat people fairly. Now, now that doesn't mean you let people walk all over you. And that doesn't mean that you don't hold people accountable for their actions. Jesus said it like this, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We have called that the golden you see, if we would just treat others the way we would like to be treated, our lives would be so much better. Let me, just, let me just challenge you to try it this coming week and see if it doesn't work. Oh, Let me challenge you to smile at people this week. I mean, challenge you to offer undue kindness to people and, and do something to help somebody that cannot help you. And, and let me challenge you to encourage somebody this week and then watch and see if some of these things do not start coming back to you. I've learned three things about principles. Number one, I've already stated, but I want to restate it. Three things that I've learned about principles. Number one, principles are more important than profit. How is more important than how much or how many. But I've also learned that if you have principles, if you have principles and you live your life by principle, if you have principles, you will eventually have profits. Because principles will return to you great profit over time. Because God honors and rewards integrity. And the third thing that I've learned is, without principles, you will eventually lose your profits. Without principles, you will eventually lose your profits. Without principles, everything you built will eventually come crashing down around you. I hope you guys are getting this today. I hope you are. Because it will help you. I'm talking to our graduates today, but this applies to every single one of us here today. My subject today is what life has taught me. Let me, let me suggest number three this morning. Life has taught me that peace is more important than position. I'm definitely buying this CD today. Peace is more important than position. Statistics gathered by Gallup reveal to us that over half, up to two-thirds of all working people in the world are unhappy and dissatisfied with their job. 
one half to two-thirds. There's more people unhappy at work than are happy at work. Here's one of the contributing factors, and that is most people today are misplaced on their jobs. They're misplaced on their jobs. There are bosses who are better equipped to be workers. And there are workers who are better equipped to be bosses. Here's my advice to you that are unhappy at work and to those of you who are about to enter the workforce or those of you that are about to go to college to get equipped for your life's work. Here's my advice to you. Don't sacrifice peace for a position. Don't sacrifice peace for a better pay grade. Had a young man in my church many years ago, had a desire to be in ministry. His daddy didn't want him to be in ministry. His daddy knew that ministry was more than sleeping late and eating fried chicken for breakfast. He knew what ministry entailed, and he didn't want his son to have any part of it, and so he literally pressured, almost forced his son to go be an engineer. That's where the money is. That's what he was. And this young man begrudgingly went to college to be an engineer. And he was so enthused about his college that he, he crammed four years of college into six. and didn't graduate. Finally, his daddy relented and allowed him to go to Bible college and do what he felt he was supposed to do. Pastor, how do I know what will give me peace? How how do I know what I'm supposed to do with my life? I've covered this before, but it's I, I, I love to cover it because, oh, I know how much it can help you if you'll grab a hold of this. And this is very important on this graduation Sunday. So let me give you two suggestions this morning. I've given to them, them to you before, but let me give them to you again. Look in your hands and look in your heart. Look in your hands and look in your heart. Look in your hands and ask yourself, What am I good at? What comes natural to me? What do I do well? And I don't even have to work very hard at doing it. I do well without even a lot of effort. Where do I shine? And everybody shines somewhere. Might be with a ball in your hand or a in your hand, behind a computer, or where do I shine? And ask yourself, what do other people say I'm good at? Let me tell you something. If somebody's not telling you you're good at it, you're probably not that good at it. Because when you're really good at something, people will recognize what you're good at, and they'll tell you, man, you're good at that. Listen up when people say, you're good at that. Not always grandma, but real people. 
Grandma's going to pinch your cheeks and tell you you're good at everything, but I'm telling you you're not good at everything. Look in your hands. God has given you gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you abilities. And these are clues to your life's work. And then, and then after you have looked in your hands, then look in your heart. And ask yourself questions like, what am I passionate about? What is it that I love? And, and on the other hand, what is it that I hate? Oh, what motivates me? What drives me? What gives me satisfaction and fulfillment? Because the answer to questions like these are clues to what God has placed you on planet earth to do. Here's what I've learned this morning. Peace is more important than position. Don't let man place you in a position that God didn't call you to or didn't equip you for. I want to say that again. That is good this morning. Don't allow man to place you in a position that God didn't call you to nor equip you for. If you don't have peace in your position for an extended period of time. Now remember, for an extended period of time. You know, no matter, even if you're exactly where you're supposed to be, doing exactly what you're supposed to do, you're still going to have bad days. There's some days I'd rather be a pastor than anything in the world, and there's some days I'd rather do anything in the world than be a pastor. Amen? Amen? Someone told me just Wednesday night who tried being a pastor, said, Pastor, oh, I didn't have a clue. I, did, I appreciate you so much now. I didn't have that clue. See, it's not always Pastor Appreciation Sunday. If you don't have peace in your position for an extended peace period of time, you're probably in the wrong position. But here's another piece of advice. Keep your present position until you secure your desired position. Because the only thing worse than wrong employment is unemployment. Colossians 3 and 15 said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Some people say that this word rule means to act as an umpire in your life. You know what an umpire does? An umpire says that it's a ball or it's a strike. He says it's fair or it is foul. And that's what God will use peace in our heart. Amen. God will say this is a strike and that's a ball. God will say, yeah, that's fair. And God will say, and the spirit of peace will say, that's foul. So let peace rule as an umpire in your heart. Here's what I've learned. If I can't do it with peace in my heart, I don't do it. I don't care that the, ah, ah, if you don't get it today, it won't be here tomorrow. Well, if it's not there tomorrow, I wasn't supposed to have it. If I can't do it with peace in my heart, I don't do it. If I can't go with peace in my heart, I'm not going. Recently, someone backed out of a, of a lifelong trip, and their reasoning was, I don't have peace about it. If you don't have peace about it, that's, that's the umpire uh, in your life amen, telling you that, that, that that's a ball. You need to lay off of that one. That, that's foul. It's not fair for you. All right, very quickly this morning, let me suggest one more thing that life 
has taught me, and that is life has taught me that that purpose is more important than possessions. Purpose is more important than possessions. Now the question that most people ask is, what do I have to live life with? The question should be, what do I have to live life for? Not what do I have to live life with, but what do I have to live life for? Because purpose is more important than possessions. Wealthy people commit suicide every single day. Why? Why? Because they have more than enough. They have more than enough to live life with, but they have absolutely nothing to live life for. The truth of the matter is you can have possessions, popularity, position, prosperity, oh, but without purpose your life will be empty and meaningless. Without purpose you have no energy, you have no motivation, you have no drive. Oh, but purpose brings with it Motivation, meaning, and a mission. Proverbs 1 and 19 says, The fate of all who are greedy for money is it robs them of life. It robs them of life. You see, most people are so busy making a living that they have no time to make life. Several years ago, there was a bumper sticker that said, He who has the most toys at the end of life wins. Wrong. Truth of the matter is, he who has the most toys at the end of life still dies. Psalm 49, verse 16 and 17, don't be discouraged or don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their their homes become ever more splendid. For when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. On the other hand, people who understand that purpose is more important than possessions, people who live life for a purpose will leave a legacy that will continue on long after their bodies are laid in So don't ask yourself, what do I have to live life with? Ask yourself, what do I have to live life for? We get the musicians and singers back in place very quickly and very quietly this morning. Discover your purpose in life. How do I do that? Well, I already covered that pretty much in point number three. And often when we think about a purpose, we're thinking about this grand and and glorious and this out of the reach kind of thing. But let me tell you, let me tell you that your purchase might be to be a, or your purpose might be to be a mother. It might be to, to be a father. And what greater purpose is there in life than the purpose of being a godly mother or a godly father that molds and fashions and instills values in the lives of the kids? Your purpose might be to to be light in a dark environment. 
And some of you, oh, oh, you want God to get you out of your job and out of your environment because it's so wicked, because it's so evil, because it's so dark, and maybe God will do that. But on the other hand, maybe, maybe that is your purpose in life, that God wants you to be light in a dark place. And if God were to remove you from the darkness, there would be no light there. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you've heard so many sermons on finding your purpose and and how you almost tune it out because you've heard it so much and you still cannot figure out what in the world is my purpose. Well, even this morning as I was studying, this morning it came to me that for you, your purpose could be to help somebody else fulfill their purpose. Maybe your purpose is not to have some grand and grandiose purpose, but your purpose is to link up with somebody else that has a grand and an incredible purpose. Maybe somebody like me, a man that wants to touch the world through missions. I want to see the fingerprints of our church all over the world. Maybe your purpose is to help me fulfill my purpose, to help this church fulfill its purpose, to help somebody else fulfill their purpose, to be support staff to somebody else. Whatever your purpose is, discover it. And then once you have discovered it, pursue it. I know what God wants me to do with my life. I know what he wants me to do with my ministry. And people are always tugging on me this way and that way and this way and that way and that way and some other way. I know what my purpose is. I know what I'm supposed to do. Once you discover it, pursue it. Pursue it with all that you have within you. And be consistent in it. Don't turn to the left or the right. Don't let this one pull you this way and that way and some other way. Discover it, pursue it, and then be consistent in it. Stand with me, please. My theme today is what, is, what, what life has taught me. Because you see, there's only so much you can learn from books. Thank God for our teachers. Thank God for our textbooks. They're invaluable. They're important. But there's only so much you can learn from books. Your true education begins after you close the books and start fleshing out what you've been taught. And what you quickly learn is things that were taught in theory (laughs) don't quite work out the way they looked or sounded or were told to. Amen? I've given you four things that I have learned through living life. took me 59 and a half years to learn some of these lessons. I'm still learning these lessons. Wonder what my life could be like. Wonder what my influence could be like. Wonder what my wisdom could be like today if I knew 40 years ago what I know today. I can just imagine for you graduates today, if you could just 
Take these four little principles that I have talked about today. Adopt them to your life and learn those. If you could start in the same place it's taken me 59 years to get. If you could start there, where could you be? Where could you be? glad that I learned as a very young pastor. I have my flaws. I have more than my share. You don't have to tell me what they are. I know most of them because I've been told what they are. I was only 17 years old when God put a 75-year-old retired pastor in my church. Can you imagine a 75-year-old pastor who spent his whole life in the ministry sitting under the ministry of a 17-year-old kid? <laughs> We'd go over to their house and visit my wife and I. And Sister Gilcrest, she'd try and tell me how to run the church. Brother Gilcrest would say, now, Mama... Brother Benson, can you imagine a 75-year-old man calling a 17-year-old kid Brother Benson? Brother Benson is the pastor here. Just let him pastor the church. But I didn't see him as a worn-out old coot that had nothing to say. It didn't take me long at 17 to realize I didn't know what in the world I was doing, and I was in over my head. I cannot tell you how many times that I sat down with that old guy listened to his stories. I can't tell you how many older pastors God has placed in my life in the last 42 years. I've honored them and I've gleaned from their wisdom. Because they've walked where I never walked. And young people, if I could just get you to understand, don't write off the old people as just, you know, old has-beens, old coots. Honor them. Respect them. They still know something you don't know. Now, you got a lot of techie stuff they don't have a clue about, Okay. And you can hold that over them and make them feel like a dummy. But I'm telling you, they've got some life lessons they can pour in your life. And they can spare you a lot of hurt and a lot of harm and a lot of heartache. Let me just encourage you to find you an older person. Just sit out with them. Let them tell you their old stories. They'll tell them over and over, but that's okay. They've got some wisdom you don't have. They've got some knowledge you don't have. And they can help you. Make an incredible difference in your life. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you today for, Father, for the Word of God. God, your Word is a lamp unto our feet. God, it is a light. 
Father, I thank you, Lord, that yes, the word is written down in this book we call the Bible. God, there are many people, Lord, that have read this book over and over and over again. They know it inside and out. We see them walking out the word of God in their life. Help us, God, to find mentors, to find people, godly people, people of wisdom, people that are ahead of us in life. May we glean and learn from them incredible lessons they have to teach. In Jesus' name.